Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Uh, we're in the midst of what they call a respiratory virus storm clean. What's, what's happening? Yeah. Can you tell us? Yeah, well, um, there's huge numbers of um, different viruses are going around. You'll hear a lot of people saying um, that they don't feel well, they feel ill, and they're testing negative. Um, and that's possibly because of the other viruses that cause colds and illness. And it just illustrates to us how many of these things there are around. And we're more susceptible to them um, in the wintertime for some reason. So we're told that there are significant uh, increases in winter viral infections, including flu among children. And of course, these coughs that we're hearing about as well. What, what is actually happening out there at the moment, Clean? What's going on? Yeah, just lots of, well, lot, I shouldn't say just, because um, it's, if there's a virus in a household, it causes huge disruption if everybody is getting sick. Um, but it, it's probably as a result of the amount of isolation that we were in during COVID that um, many, m- most people were protected from lots of, of viruses. Um, and so their own kind of natural immunity went down. And probably because society is back out again, living as normal, we're getting exposed to all of these viruses and many people coming down with them at the same time. In, in, in the past, there would have been, it wouldn't have been as noticeable. I know the CMO, the new CMO, has said we are in the eye of a respiratory virus storm. We've seen a 75% increase in our flu cases and a 35% increase in our hospitalizations. And she's yeah. giving out strong advice. I mean, what would your advice be? Um, exercise caution uh, when you hear of somebody. If, first of all, if you yourself have symptoms, um, uh, uh, isolate. I, I suppose if you've got severe sy- symptoms of, of a severe um, of a severe illness, um, and certainly if you live with a, a vulnerable person, either a very old person or somebody who's immunocompromised, you need to be particularly careful. Um, which, again, is very difficult advice to be handing out when we're all just dying for a normal Christmas with parties and people coming and going. We're going to go ahead and have, we usually have people in, and we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, but some people might like, prefer to, to um, err on the side of caution. Now, that's just about the flu, but when it comes to COVID, the stats are quite alarming as well. Cases have started to rise sharply. I believe yeah. they're up 75% week on week, while hospitalizations yes. are up 90% since the beginning of December. But there are yes. a low number of patients being admitted to ICU. So we've got to look at the positives in all of this, because the last thing you want to do is to frighten people, but at the same exactly. time, you want them to exercise caution, don't you? Well, you see, certainly what it's showing us um, is how amazing the vaccines are, and how how amazing our vaccine um, strategy has been and the, that our country, that the vast majority of people here um, have been getting the vaccine and have been getting their boosters. Um, you can see in China what, what happens when you don't have such an effective vaccine, our strategy. I mean, what's happening there is really tragic. Um, but nevertheless, having said that, the vaccines are not perfect. They do not stop infection and they do not stop everybody from getting sick. So it's clearly telling the world... We we absolutely need more vaccines. Um, but in the meantime, back here in Ireland, um, uh, that would be, I mean, there isn't time to get a booster before Christmas, but certainly that's what um, people should be planning on doing. Getting their, If they're due a booster, they absolutely should get a booster. And, and also they should get their flu vaccine. Um, I, I, I got both of them the other day and they, I wasn't feeling well afterwards. <laughs> You know, I did get a response to the vaccine, but it was it was so short. 
it was so short that I was feeling unwell and uh, knowing how sick I would have been if I didn't have the vaccines really made me so grateful for them. You looked at China there, you mentioned China just a few yes. moments ago and you mm. have done some analysis on it and been looking at something that right. has popped up. What have you found about China at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just fascinating but so tragic. Again, people will know that they were trying to practice zero COVID to kept, kept uh, a really strict um, eye on who got infected and kept them locked up and um, really tried to keep down the, and kept managed to keep the level of um, infection down. But as soon as they raised the uh, the restrictions, the virus has gone, has shot through the entire country. It's ca- calculated that um, over 50% of people in Beijing, which uh, again, everybody will know is um, as a population um, close to London's, half the people in Beijing have got the virus. So this means from a global point of view, there's huge amounts of virus um, still circulating around the globe. And I suppose that would be um, some concern that yet another variant would appear. And so again, this really emphasizes that uh, we have to keep the research up and keep um, looking for, for trying to understand the virus better. And uh, as, as I've been emphasizing, look for better vaccines. I want to look now at the whole area of immunocompromised people as well that are not fully vaccinated. This is something that you and and fellow immunologists have been very strong on. This is a point you'd like to get out uh, at this time of the year. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, the as as I've just mentioned, the vaccines are far from perfect, but um, they really are very good at um, lessening sickness. So if you've got the vaccine and you get COVID, you will get less sick. Um, so it's strongly, strongly um, emphasise getting the vaccine if you can at all. Um, there is some evidence out there, and a thing you haven't mentioned now is long COVID um, and the effect that COVID infection has on our immune systems. And again, this is a whole area that um, it, it, we really don't know an awful lot about. But certainly there are some people who, when they get the infection, um, the after effects of the infection seem to linger for a long time in the form of fatigue, colds, or not a pain, um, and maybe compromised immune system. So um, there is there possibly may be some evidence that some people are more prone to other infections if they've had COVID infection. That is, it does something to our immune system. And will long COVID uh, clear eventually? I mean, from your own research, uh, does it clear? Yes, it seems that in most people it does. Um, And so, again, if if there are people, any of your listeners out there suffering from the effects of long COVID and feeling um, (laughs) at the end of their tether, because when you're in the middle of it, it feels as if it will never go away. But um, the evidence is that for most people, yes, it does clear. You need patience and to keep at it. Lots of sleep and lots of time. And again, if you're a parent with young family or you have people to look after at a very difficult job, um, this is very, very tough. So um, it, it is a, a mystery to us, and of course we yeah. we would love um, to understand better. And we're just actually starting a research project in the new year, you, looking at long COVID. When last we spoke, uh, Cleena, you were looking for people who have not had COVID, who have managed to avoid it. You, you're, you're anxious, to, uh, even if it's been in the home. Are you still yes. pursuing yes, this? Yes. Uh, oh, but please. I'm so glad you gave me an opportunity to talk about it, Alan. I really, I'm sure there are people from Wexford who have contributed to this and are really annoyed because they haven't heard about it. Um, it's, there's been a fantastic response. We've had almost 17,000 people contact us 
who think they are resistant. So this is the other side of the coin that you don't really hear about. Um, we hear about all the people who get who get become infected, and we hear about all the people who get sick. But there's a whole lot of people out there who do not become infected. And exactly, we're, we're really interested in why, what, what is it those people have that they don't get infected? And when I say don't get infected, without even making antibodies. So their adaptive immune system doesn't um, uh, isn't needed. They manage to clear the infection before ever the virus gets its hold. So we actually think it's in the nasal and respiratory epithelium. Right. And so um, we're uh, collecting nasal swabs from these people and studying their epithelial cells. And we're finding that the epithelial cells in the nose are mm. able to make um, antiviral proteins. And so our hypothesis is that people who are resistant make more of these antiviral proteins. And that's exactly what we're, we're testing. Mm. Now, I should point out that a lot of people who think they are resistant actually became exposed in the last year when they were vaccinated. So in that case, the vaccine is working and stopping infection. So it's the vaccine that's right. stopping infection in that case. We're looking for people who got exposed prior to vaccination. So, you know, who had shared um, a house with somebody two years ago prior to the vaccination. That's who, so that's what we're, from the 17,000. And we've sent out a questionnaire yeah. now to nearly 12,000 people. And as I say, about um, two thirds of them had been exposed since their vaccination. Right. And even though that question is terribly interesting, why, why did the vaccine work in them to stop it? Infection. Hmm. That's how we would make be better vaccines. That's a really interesting question, but that's not actually the question we're focusing on. We're okay. now going to go back and um, look at these people who got exposed prior to vaccination. And what will you eventually do with the research when you've c completed it? Yeah, well, for, um, first of all, when we discover the mechanism, <laughs> when we discover, if we discover um, the mechanism for resistance, first of all, it'll teach us how to make better vaccines and better antivirals. If we prove that um, by stimulating, if we prove that it is these proteins in people's nasal and respiratory epithelium that are able to keep the infection away, um, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could discover a way of making more of that or of applying it? And maybe that's what you could do is yeah. have a nasal spray of, of these proteins that you, um, that you could just nasally spray and that would keep the virus away. So new therapies and um, new and better vaccines. That's what would come out of this research. Thank you for linking in with us and your fellow medical okay. practitioners as well and immunologists over the last uh, year and the year before that. want to take the opportunity once again to wish you a very happy Christmas and uh, have you a message for everyone out there to stay safe. Yeah, well, uh, thanks very much, Alan, and, and thanks very much for giving the opportunity here. Um, it really uh, is, is great to know that people are interested in all of this and just to wish everybody uh, a really wonderful holiday. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.